Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Forget him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? Or do you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Check out the people. Down home cooking people. How's everybody <laughs> doing? Are you Bartles or James? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's my answer. It is the 30-something movie podcast. This episode is <clears throat> this episode is because of Jason Colvin from the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, who is here with us for this episode. Hey Jason. There he is. Hey, there he is. I see him. Going, hey, you see him right there? He's right there. He's uh, right there. <laughs> hi, do I know you? No, but that's where you are. You're there. Um, this was because I think you consistently and constantly demanded that we do a son-in-law episode before the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. So I, I got this one across the finish line, and I, I think I got stone cold over the finish line about a year ago. So. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, so... This, uh, this is all because of you, man, so thank you. So are you blaming me for this one, or are you thanking me for this one? No, I'm, I'm thanking you for this one. It had been a while since I'd seen this one, and, and I'm uh, on occasion I'm a, I'm a little hit or miss sometimes with how much Polly Shore I'm okay with intaking at one time. I get um, it, yeah. It's, he's not Bobcat Goldthwait, so at least I'm okay. You know, I was about to say, if Polly Shore and Bobcat Goldthwait did a movie together, would you be okay with that, John? Yeah, let's do, let's do like a remake of 48 Hours. With Polly Shore and Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> I did, who was I? I was talking to somebody within the last couple of days, and somebody mentioned that they were like, "Hey, I think I think there's like a remake coming out." They were they meant to say Beverly Hills Cop, but they said, "I think there's a remake coming out of, of Forty Eight Hours," and I was like, "Really?" And they're like, "Yeah, but I don't think like I'm not sure if was Eddie Murphy going to be in it." Or I said, "You know what? I really want to see if they're going to go ahead and do a remake of that." Yes, I would love to see the most awkward buddy cop movie of all time where it's Nick Nolte and Gary Busey. Ooh. Or what's left of them. That's and, also and, fair. And that would be the buddy cop movie I would enjoy seeing. Just, I don't know, for the train wreck that it would be. <clears throat> Nick Nolte just did a buddy movie a couple years back with... Uh, did he really? Robert Redford. Did he really? What did he do? Whoa. They... they uh, did an adaptation of Bill Bryson's Walk in the Woods. Really? If you've never read Bill Bryson's Walk in the Woods, put it put it on your list. Yeah. It is a hilarious read. Huh. Bill Bryson is, at the time, was middle-aged and decided he'd never gone camping and be a great thing to try to do. And what the hell, he was just going to go start hiking the Appalachian Trail. Oh, why not? Wow. And a, I want to say it was a college buddy got in touch with him and said he would go with, but his college buddy had 
changed a lot since since he had seen him in college and put on a few couple hundred pounds or so. <laughs> As you do. And it's it's the adventures of them trying to hike the Appalachian Trail. And it is all like Bill Bryson stuff is just great, but walk in the woods is particularly enjoyable. So drop that on the list. If you, if you've never read it, it is a fun read. Nice. Appalachian trail is what Georgia to Maine or something like that. It's humongously long. So we have a a coworker. Her husband is in over time hiking sections of it and then trying to complete the whole thing. And he's, pretty close he's got one more section to do i think that's yeah that's awesome that's cool well the voices that you're hearing that i have not introduced yet are jeff mazuka hi how we doing how's everyone everyone good doing good we're, we're okay here we're, we're, we're all fine we're here fine. now <laughs> patrick canagallo pat how you doing hey 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 doing well so excited to be back here well with you guys with jason this is a fun uh, reunion. I've been looking forward to this one since we put it on the calendar a couple of weeks, about a month ago or whatever. This was, uh, this was very cool. This is very cool. So. And Bo, how are you doing? I'm well, John, how are you? I'm good. Did you, did you get through your pre-recording kerfuffle? So far. Okay, good. Good. There was a behind the scenes kerfuffle going on. So I, I, people died, uh, treaties were made and broken and i think we're all boffins. I, see what i'm seeing right now is bo is on the in the cockpit of the millennium falcon so what i imagine is like some scenes from empire strikes back when you know it was like john sent out the time to podcast link and then bo did the yeah watch this and then you have that <laughs> you know and so i just imagine bo is like you know like down in the bowels of the, the Millennium Falcon, like trying to get it up and running and all that kind of thing. That was two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, was that two weeks ago? That's true, yeah. Yes. You're confusing that, your kerfuffles. That was, was I, that was something else. It was that it was, was awkward because he was yelling at Donna, bring me the no, that's not it. Bring me the hydro spanner. <laughs> I don't know what you were trying to fix, but I think the next time I have like like something that needs solving that's that's borderline emergency, I think I'm gonna dig out the Empire Strikes Back soundtrack and just play that. Uh, you know, just see that the asteroid asteroid theme, the asteroid field theme. Yeah, I think you know, just put that on in the background. You know, let's be honest. The next time I'm having a tech problem and I have my wife come down and solve it for me, I'll just pull that out of my phone and. Put that right in her ear while she's trying to solve it and see what happens. And and Pat's sitting there going, you said you want to be here when I made a mistake. Well, this may be it, sweetheart. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're blaming Minox for uh, chewing on the power couplings to, that caused the kerfuffle. Yeah. I, I agreed. Am, I think Minox are going to go in my next tech ticket when something goes wrong. I think there's been Minox chewing on the power cables because <laughs> oh God, would you please, that would be hilarious. I, I, know. I, I guarantee most of the techs will appreciate that. There'll be a couple that might not get it, but I was saying, I think well, I, our building techs for sure would get it. Oh yeah. They would get it. They, well, I sent in one that was some feedback form and I haven't heard back, but I put in that. I think, you know, what kind of tech would you, what, how, what can we do to support, you know, you guys, or so it was some tech survey that you guys sent out and stuff. And so I put in, I really think you should look at Chris Brennan for Brennan information systems. He's good with system diagnostics channel, which is like a drop from deep space nine. And I didn't hear anything back, but I was hoping 
that John, somewhere you on the other end were laughing because of that, but I, I don't know if that made it through to you or not. I don't, I don't, I don't think that, that stops on Luke's me. desk. Yeah. I don't okay. think that one got to me, but I, I would have responded back with, Oh, that Chris Brennan. <laughs> That's right. Oh man. All well, right. Well, so we have a, we have a gaggle of, of hosts here tonight with Pat, with Jeff, Jason, Bo, myself, Sally, Jesse and and Raphael. Raphael, well. <laughs> that was a good. So bit. we have a we have a full house here tonight. We are talking son-in-law at the request of the Surely Can't Be Serious podcast. Now, let me ask you this, Jason: Was this also a request from D? Is this also a movie he loves, or was this a Jason no, no, Colvin no, special? No, 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 this is uh, purely me. Okay, all right. Taking sole credit for this one. Okay, all right, all right. Now, let me ask you this one too: Does D not like this movie, or I don't know? I, I... I, I'm a big fan of this movie. I haven't really asked D. I, I, something tells me that he's probably not the biggest <laughs> son-in-law fan, but uh, I don't know. He might be. So let, let me I ask you this. Let me, let me put you on the spot a little bit. If you were yeah. going to take your format on your show and pair this movie with something else, what other movie would you pair up against this one? Ooh, uh, this one I would probably pair it up with Encino Man. Okay. There you go. Oh. Okay. You know. Both yeah. Polly Shore vehicles, both, you know, kind of summer 90s type of movies. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I would have thought, it, what was the other, in the army now? Isn't that what that mm-hmm. one is? Yeah, that was shot in Oklahoma. Yeah. So, hmm. shot about yeah. an hour from me. So, okay. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. So, the ones that are, uh, I tend to remember. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> understandable. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go on ahead and dive into this one. First section here is our trivia pursuits. This is where we give you a little bit of background information on the movie itself, and then we run through the major moments, kind of wrap it up into 10 major moments that help run through the plot of the movie. We do the we give you the trailer audio, then we go we kind of go through our deep thoughts, kind of our opinions on the movie as well. We end everything with three questions and then we're out of here. So our trivia pursuits, this one came out on July 2nd, 1993, rated PG 13, one hour, 35 minutes directed by Steve Rash, who also did can't buy me love and the buddy Holly story. Writers were Fax Bear and Adam Small did in living color, mad TV, the Jamie Kennedy experiment and blue collar TV. Peter M. Lenkov and Michael Rotenberg were producers, did demolition man, Amazing movie. Uh, <laughs> Fortress, Office Space, and King of the Hill. Composer was Richard Gibbs, who did Queen of the Damned and Ten Things I Hate About You. Cinematographer Peter Deming did Mulholland Drive and Evil Dead 2. Editor was Dennis M. Hill, who did Encino Man and Cocktail. Production company is Hollywood Pictures. Budget was estimated at about $20 million, box office 36.4. Flick Metrics gives it a 47%, but CinemaScore gives it an A-. I kind of feel like if you're... That's probably the difference between those two, is the critics and the other folks, they're giving it a 47%, but if you're going to see a Polly Shore movie, you're going to think it's you're, great. Like, you're going to give it the A-, minus because that's what you went to go see. You're not surprised by anything. Predisposed, unlike a Roger Ebert. <laughs> Correct. I, I just, I just, I hate to say it, because I think in my, in my crotchety old age, I'm becoming anti-data, but I want to just delve into the data briefly. Cinema score was an A-. minus. Yeah. Isn't is cinema score typically in the A's or there's one of the metrics that you use that, that an A is kind of a rare score. Do a lot of our movies get A's from cinema? So cinema score, it's unless it's just a bad movie, cinema score rarely gets out of the A's and B's because the the difference is flick metrics. It collects kind of an average of 
Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, Metacritic, uh, Letterboxd. Okay. So it's a combination of users and critics. And it's also a combination of people seeing it at different times. So it could be some people who saw it in the theater. It could be some people who saw it on video and are putting in their, their rating for it years and years later. CinemaScore is they actually surveyed people coming out of the theater that had just gotcha. watched the movie, and they said, give us a, a letter ranking for this. Okay. Give it a score. Give it a grade, basically. And so it's people being surveyed right after watching the movie. So it's, it's much more of a, you know, people were there for a reason. They wanted to go see this movie, and when they came out, what did they give it? What kind of score did they give it? Which is why I think it tends to, to you know, skew a little higher on certain things. Because unless you went into that movie and you were super excited and you came out really disappointed, you know, <laughs> You're gonna give it a higher score, so. Right. Okay. I think I got that, and and the uh, flick metric. I think I got those reversed. So that would yeah. that. Okay. Your point makes sense. Then, you know what you're getting into for a Pauly Shore movie. So people are kind of coming out. Right. But if a, if a movie has a cinema score that is on the lower end, like something that's maybe a C. I don't even know if we've ever. I don't know if we've had a movie that's ever been less than a C, on a cinema score. Mm -hmm. Have we reviewed Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I feel like no. that would be. I feel like that would be one. At least for me, my cinema score would be. <laughs> it might be below a C. You don't say. Yeah. Last Jedi. Yeah. Was I? I did you say Rise of My Blood Pressure? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I want to know. I want to know how many of you guys saw this prior to 2023. Like, am I the only one who saw this way back in the day? No, I I saw this back in the day. I don't think I saw this in the theater, but I know I saw it pretty soon after it came out. I saw it way back then when, you know, when Paulie Shore was big, I probably saw them all at the, in that window, you know, Yeah. but haven't seen it since. Like I saw it that one time and probably haven't. Okay. Since it was probably late, late, later high school for me, if not college, when I stumbled into, into this one, the Paulie Shore verse. It's, you're, I mean, like, you're right, Bo. Pauly Shore had about a four-year window where he yeah. was scorching hot and kind of edgy, funny MTV. I'd say he was an MTV guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was a VJ. They had a show on it like called Totally Pauly, and he would yep. go to the beach and then be Pauly Shore. People in bikinis and yep. yeah, and all that stuff. So that's where he kind of that's where he kind of revealed and perfected his weasel persona. <laughs> yeah. And was he a guy that like when you would he ever break that persona and you could just talk to him like a regular dude? Do I or am I way off on that? Like because I remember seeing some interviews later. I'm thinking of someone else. Okay, it was always that Holly Shaw or kind of thing. Later yeah, interviews, not that maybe. I ever saw. Yeah, yeah. Like if you, if you okay. saw some later interviews, maybe where he's not you know doing that character, but not during okay. the not during the early during 90s. that time. That yeah. was okay. That, that was it. Yeah, because I, I think I've seen. I honestly, I saw Encino Man, watched it a bunch. I I was aware of Pauly Shore. You know, the first time I saw this movie was like thirteen hours ago. So, anyways, I I didn't watch like I didn't see. You know, that four year span. Like I said, I was aware of them, but I would just watch and rewatch Encino Man. Like the other Pauly Shore movies, I just up until now really had never seen any of them. So did the grumpy old man like this one, or did the the twenty year old oh, Pat come out? Or oh, you know what? Like the 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 grumpy old man, I was like the grumpy old man at the end of this movie, and the twenty year old Pat loved it. Like I I really dug this movie. 
like, I, and I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I had like, like laugh out loud. Oh my God, this is hilarious. I got to hit pause and stop laughing moments. And I, I, so we'll get into the deeper thoughts and all that, but I, I very much enjoyed. Okay, good, good, good. I'm not going to build up to be like a hater or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's no home alone. For me as a kid, <laughs> this was kind of my, this was my stretch of time where I was like, because I thought Yahoo Serious was hilarious as a kid. So I went to see, <laughs> I went to see the two Yahoo Serious movies. And then Polly Shore kind of replaced that. Like Polly Shore was a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more sof- uh, sophisticated is the wrong word, but a little bit more Edgier, sophisticated maybe? than a Yahoo Serious. And I, so I feel like that's the progression that I, I was Yahoo Serious and then I was Polly Shore. And then I was trying to think, what was the next progression after that? And I think it was Adam Sandler. I, I was going to say, it's similar yeah, molds, yeah. I, I think that's kind of like the the evolution, with some Jim Carrey in there, too, because he was kind of similar in the same time. So I kind of feel like that was the evolution of my weird, quirky comedian phase, was to go from the Yahoo series through Polly Shore to Adam Sandler to Jim Carrey and, and all that. Speaking of Polly Shore, he played crap. I mean, uh, crotch. I mean, uh, crawl. Crotch. That was <laughs> that was my favorite one. Was crotch. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> he played crawl, and uh, he was in Encino Man and in the Army now. Carla Gugino. I, I probably said that wrong. Is it? Did I say it wrong? Is it Gugino? Gugino. I think it's Gugino. Gugino. Okay. I think. All right. I've only watched a whole bunch of things she's in, but I could not pronounce her name correctly. She was Becky Warner. She was in Night at the Museum and The Haunting of Hill House. Also in, if anybody loves a good horror show and wants to see The Fall of the House of Usher, that is, that's some good stuff that's on Netflix. Is she in that? Yes, she is. A buddy of mine was telling me that I'd probably really like that show. Yeah. But I, I, want, yeah. I wanted to do a reread of some Poe before I started. I think before you would. I started watching. I, and I think that would be helpful if you want to catch, because basically this was the comment my wife made when we were watching it, because each of the episodes is named after a piece of Poe's writing, but it's not necessarily the case that that episode purely follows that story that it's named after. That show is is basically somebody took their love of Edgar Allan Poe, shoved it in a blender, blended it all up, and it all the references are just all over the place and everywhere. And mm-hmm. sometimes the references are mixed. Like they'll mix a reference of Annabelle Lee with the Telltale Heart. Or, the, yeah, it's... If you love Edgar Allan Poe and you know anything about Edgar Allan Poe, you will, especially if you've read it recently, you'll pick up on a ton of stuff watching that show. If you're a big fan of Carla Gugino, by the way. Well, yes. You know, she, she is in the Bon Jovi video always with a young mm. Carrie Russell. So Ooh. it's probably been a minute since you've seen that video, but uh, that's a nice twin bill there though. Yeah, it's it's majors. And yeah. can I can I just say that I forgot until because I'd only seen this movie the one time or a couple times when I was a kid when it after it had first come out, and I kind of forgot that that's who that's who this was in this movie. And now that I've seen this actress in other things, you know, later a lot of the Haunting of Hill House kind of stuff. She was in a remake or not a remake. She was in an adaptation of Stephen King's story Gerald's Game, and a bunch of other stuff. And I'm I'm sorry, this is not my sound drop, but I'm gonna usurp it. I mean, there there might be a semi there. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Buffalo. <Buffett. laughs> 
<laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. All right. Speaking of Santa Eyes, Lane Smith is also in this. I love him, too. He, I think he passed in 2005. He played Walter Warner. He was in My Cousin Vinny, The Mighty Ducks, and he was one of my favorite Perry Whites in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Oh, wow. Loved okay. him as Perry White in that show. He was great. He was a Perry White that loved Elvis Presley and would constantly make Elvis Presley references as the as the editor-in-chief of the Daily Planet. Cindy Pickett played Connie Warner. She was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Sleepwalkers. Mason Adams, <laughs> who passed in 2005, played Walter Warner Sr. He was in Tootsie and FX. Patrick Renna was Zach Warner. He was in The Sandlot and The Big Green. Dennis Berkeley passed in 2013. He played Theo. He was in Mask and Tin Cup. Tiffany Amber Thiessen was Tracy. She was in Saved by the Bell and Beverly Hills 90210. Dan Gautier was Travis. He was in Teen Witch and One Life to Live. And Brendan Fraser makes an appearance in this one as the character of Link. He was in The Mummy and George of the Jungle. That was also a fun one when they had that little cameo. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. He he pulls the frog out of his hat and starts to to light it. Yep. And I believe, doesn't he also do the same thing in In the Army now? It's been that a while. Was, that was the whole shtick from that, right? Like they... Or no, he does something. He he gets something and he bites into it and he goes, tastes like frog. Yep. Yeah. And that yeah. was the whole shtick. It's the two of them and the mm-hmm. taste like frog bit. Yep. Yeah. So clearly this is, what do we want to call this? Is this the Shore Cinematic Universe? I think so. <laughs> since, since we know that in Link shows up in all the of movies. Cinematic Univar. Yeah. Univi? Univ- is Univari? that even a word? Univari? Yeah. I mean, sure. Words are tough. It's okay. You're the English teacher. I know. That's why I let you all talk. <laughs> less chance for me to make a mistake. <laughs> hey, can I add two more people that you left off? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so you got Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers as yes! the tattoo artist. He's the tattoo artist. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I love that part where she's like, I'm looking for something feminine. And he's like, he's standing right next to you. <laughs> you also have Adam Goldberg playing the Indian mm-hmm. at the Halloween party. That's the same Adam Goldberg who did the Goldbergs, oh, right? Oh, yeah. So that blew my mind when I when I dug out that little nugget. So, yeah, right on. All right. Let's see. In terms of trivia, you know what? There actually was not, I I wasn't finding a ton of trivia on this movie. The Um, only one I remember, there wasn't much. The only one I remembered was the Brendan Fraser bit. Yeah. Was that that was like a recreation of something from the other movie. Yeah. Yeah, they had there was, the the other yeah. trivia was just stuff like, you know, this person was originally supposed to have this name or this person was originally supposed to be played by this actor. There wasn't a ton of stuff, you know, related to related to the making of the movie itself. So But yeah. MTV ran a contest to marry Polly Shore. <laughs> yes. Of course they did. <laughs> In Las Vegas, which I was won by this. a young girl from Massachusetts. And they had the ceremony on July 2nd, which was the day the movie debuted. But no marriage certificates were signed, so nothing official. Mm. Okay. Okay. Was that before or after they did the, that was after they did the win Axl Rose's condo contest. <laughs> they did all kinds of stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> that was tons of fun. Uh-huh. 
I remember that one. I remember because I, I feel like Axl Rose like hated his landlord and wanted to get out of it. And MTV yeah, was he like, had a psycho neighbor. Remember yeah. he the oh, lady the he wrote neighbor, that yeah. song right next door to hell about her. Yes, yeah. And so they did the contest, <laughs> <laughs> and it was some college student that ended up winning it. Yeah, yeah. They had the uh, win the Batmobile contest, and they had NXS had one where you could win a trailer park. I remember that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. MTV. We hardly all the good you. contests. Yeah. <laughs> when you could actually listen to music on MTV. I know. That was that was a special time. You know, I was thinking about, you know, MTV had kind of those specialized, you know, the early DJs, which were Mark Goodman and Martha Quinn and Nina Blackwood and that group. And then you kind of moved in. They brought in these kind of cooler, edgier characters. But I'm going to throw some names out to you. So we we all remember who Daisy Fuentes is, Mm -hmm. right? And Adam Curry and downtown Julie Brown. But for one summer, there was a guy they called Randy of the Redwoods. Do you remember him? Just in concept, but yeah. Okay. Well, okay. He was like this hippie guy, and he did all these, he would introduce videos and stuff like that. But he, for like three months in the summer of 1988, he was like my favorite MTV VJ. We called him Randy of the Redwoods. So, yeah, I remember the name. I don't know that I remember too much about it. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Like you said it, and I was like, yeah, I remember hearing about that guy, but that's, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. By the way, random trivia note, Nina Blackwood still spinning them on Sirius XM radio. Really? Really? Yeah. Yep. I do not remember what channel. It might be lithium, but don't quote me on that. Every once in a while, you're driving around on the weekend, and you hear Nina Blackwood, and you're like, holy crap, I'm old. Nice. She's on 80s on 8, too. I listened to her. Maybe that. Okay, that's probably it, then. Yeah. Downtown Julie Brown is on uh, Sirius Radio as well. Oh, nice. yep. oh, wow. I don't know if I catch her. What channel is she on? I have, I have no idea. Nine, yeah. 90s on nine. 90s okay. on nine. There we go. I think I need to get a subscription to Sirius. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> it is. Just you got to you gotta talk them down every once in a while when they they do their thing. It's like Comcast, only more annoying. Yeah. Mm. But it is amazing. Little, I do have one little trivia bit. I don't want to be obnoxious, John, on your no, show. But, oh, no, man, come on. Uh, so Cindy Pickett plays Connie. That's Rebecca's mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? She played Ferris Bueller's mom, yep. right? She's actually from Norman, Oklahoma. So oh, right on. She's, she's kind of, you know, we know her around these parts. But she married the guy who played Ferris's dad in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They actually met on the set of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, got married, later got divorced, sadly. Mm -hmm. I think Jeannie screwing up the Vermont deal kind of soured that one. But anyway, I just think it's interesting that they met on the set of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, playing parents, fell in love, and got married. That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. cool. Yeah, she kind of got typecast as the... As the uh, the teenager's mom in a lot of movies. Mom. (laughs) All right. Uh, Quick synopsis for this one. In a world where city meets country, Crawl, a quirky L.A. college student, shakes up the conservative life of farm nug Rebecca, her boyfriend Travis, and her family. 
When Crawl visits their Heartland farm, his outlandish ways turn their world upside down. Son-in-law is a hilarious clash of cultures where love, laughter, and learning to accept one another are the biggest crops of the season. It was a peaceful farming community. A place where everything had stayed the same for generations. They've always known that someday change would come, but no one expected it to come home with the girl next door. <laughs> Middle America. Who the hell is that? He's weird. He's like nothing they've ever seen. Nothing they've ever heard. I don't want to be rude or anything, but Miss Warner, you're giving me a semi. You distract him, I'm going to hit him over the head with a shovel. So basically, we're not going to be hanging out? No. <laughs> but after spending a little time together... So you're just an old hacker disguised as an idiot. Why don't you put a little makeup on him? The great American family... You don't like it, do you? No, I think I do. ...will never be the same again. Let's chow down here and munch some grinding! And he'll turn one small town into one huge party. Check out the wood that I created for him. You okay? <laughs> Beautiful day. Kill the breeze and let it fly. Oh, yeah, 747. The son-in-law. What do you think their kids are going to look like? So for this one, I, I had 10 major moments written down, but I decided I wanted to do this in a slightly different way. So I'm going to be a little bit more laid back in my attitude. I'm not going to do 10 major moments, but I am going to try to walk us through the plot here real quick. All right, so here's the sitch. Becky, this total nug, leaves the farm for the Mondo big city to hit the college scene. It's like, whoa, culture shock, you know, buddy? Then she bumps into yours truly, Crawl, a.k.a. the Weasel, all about the L.A. vibe, showing her the ropes, major, major grindage, a little chillaxing. Thanksgiving <laughs> rolls around, and this nug decides to bring him back to the farm. Talk about out of the zone. He's a city dude in the middle of Cowsville, getting all up in their farm business, talking cow tipping, barn dancing, the full barnyard boogie. Back at the ranch, Rebecca's got this old flame. Her family's all stoked about them tying the knot, but uh, Carl's got a different plan. Fakes like he's the main squeeze to shake off Mr. Old School over there. It's a crazy plan, but... That's how he rolls. Things get kind of gnarly when Becky and Crawl start vibing for real. It's not just a show anymore. Kind of talking true <laughs> feels here. And uh, look, buddy, he's, he's winning over the farm crew with his kind of off-the-hook charm. Wrapping it up, it's all good vibes. Being the ultimate buddy, bringing some city slick to the sticks. And uh, Becky, she's totally digging the new scene. There's a bit of a scene where the old boyfriend tries to, you know, mess with the vibe a bit. And uh, the one thing I got to say about that is... It really tweaks my melon to see a buff bro like Crawl here get wheezed on by a greasy scumbag like him. So I think he just needs to chill. When it all comes down to it, it's, you know, everybody, it's, it's a happy ending. Everybody's good. And, and maybe, maybe not, they'll stay together. But, you know, that's, that's the 411. So, all right, that's our, that's our 10 major moments in Crawl Well done, style. dude. That in was well played. What the hell did you just say? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even sure. That's the beauty of it. I I have no clue. I'm impressed, John. Your your cones are busty and oh, your gig you. is crusty. So good job. <laughs> thank you. Buff, <laughs> buff buff the wood. Buff the wood. <laughs> 
right. Okay, so time for favorite scenes. Can we talk about when he just talks to the mom? Because that was absolutely just a work of art scene. Well, let okay, me go. Maybe, I, we'll, maybe I we'll do our. We'll, we'll get into our deep thoughts, and we'll just kind of blend everything together. Because I we're gonna. I think we're gonna be kind of all over the place with some of it. So, uh, all right. We'll, we'll get on to. We'll share deep thoughts and favorite scenes and, and all that. And now, deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow, it's, it's very deep. Thank you. All right, stupid question, but I'll go ahead and ask it. Did you like this movie? Let's let's do it this way. Is there anybody in here that did not like this movie? Oh, Jeff, Jeff. Is Jeff's a little Jeff. Jeff's a little iffy on it. Jeff, Jeff, tell I us, hit the ejector button. I didn't enjoy it as much as I know I used to, and I'm not quite okay. sure why. I haven't been able to figure out why. I didn't hate it. Okay. But I remember watching it years ago and, and thinking it was hilarious and fun and, and just a really enjoyable movie. And there was something about watching it this time where I was just sort of like, mm, I don't know. Okay, Jeff, show, like, us, show us on the doll where this movie hurt you. <laughs> Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't figure out what it is, but I'm maybe just like this movie is very much a product of its time, and not that that makes it less enjoyable. But there's something I don't know. There was just something about it that just it it was not landing as strongly as it had for me in the past. This one for me, it's it it reminded me because there's some movies so I'll go back and I'll watch and be like, why in the Lord's name did you ever think this was a good movie? And there's there's been a few of those as we've been doing our thing that I'll come back to and be like, really, Super Mario Brothers? You were all about this? Right. All right. Well, you're an idiot. This 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 actually leads into the whole idea of if you could time travel back in time and, and kill some kind of like mass murderer before they became a mass murderer, would you also go back in time and slap yourself for enjoying that movie? <laughs> this is not one of those. This is as I was watching this movie and I have not seen this movie since I was probably in, I don't know, probably eighth grade. And I'm watching this movie again and I'm going, Polly Shore is is so obnoxious and he's so dumb. And I feel like I'm 13 years old again, and I'm having a lot of fun watching this movie. So I, for me, it, it kind of brought me back. I'm like, I, I, could, I could look at this right now and go, if I watch this for the first time as the 40-something-year-old that I am, I'm not sure that I'd like it as much. But knowing that I was, I was a big fan of Encino Man, In the Army Now, I don't know that I ever saw the whole movie of Biodome, but I'm, I'm sure you know that, that, was, that was in there too. Oh, um, I did. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, watching it this time, I was like, this just reminds me of the stuff that I loved. You know, is it still mm -hmm. goofy? Is it still weird? Am I going to watch it, you know, multiple times a year? No, I'm not going to watch this multiple times a year. Is it still goofy and weird? Yes, it is. But, you know, it reminded me it reminded me of kind of what I loved when I was this age, when I was, you know, 13-ish years old. And it was it was fun to go back and watch it again. Okay, can I? I'm on a fanboy for just a second on this one. Yeah, do okay. it. Okay, that makes me happy to hear you say that. This movie's sweet, right? It, there's really, yeah, it's just so nice. He's such a good guy. Now he's weird and he's obnoxious and he's odd and he's a splash of cold water in these in the face of all these farmers and stuff. But 
he's charming. He's likable. He's good to the kid. You know, Ham Hamilton Porter, whatever his name is. He's, he's, you know, good roommates, brings him, makes him a sandwich, you know, helps him with his computer stuff. He's good to Rebecca. He takes care of her. This is all for her benefit. He's basically a hacker disguised like an idiot. That's it. (laughs) He's really, all he wants to do, he wants, he wants to whittle wood with grandpa and he wants to, you know, he's, you know, he wants to help with the farm and do the chores. He doesn't even really dislike Travis. You know, he takes one in the face and. Stands up like a man. He's not even really hitting on Rebecca or Tracy. Mm-hmm. He's just inserted himself in this culture, and he just wants to have fun and learn to be a farmer and square dance and, you know, have fun. And I just love the – it's funny. I do think it's funny. There's there's funny moments, but it's charming and it's sweet, and I miss movies like this. So, You know, it's funny you say that because I – well, not, not funny, but – like not ha ha funny, but like funny, like it's, it's uh coincidental because I had that same feeling that this movie had a lot of heart and it was the way the Pauly Shore character was. And I, I'm trying to remember Encino man. If I remember Encino man correctly, he, there was a point when he would kind of speak, you know, with, with like the moral authority, like he was the character that had that. But as I remember, as I recall, I don't think that was such a prevalent part of the movie as it is in this one. In this one, he's always the one with the commentary, you know, and I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's covered with the Pauly Shore thing, but he's the one that kind of sees the situation clearly and just is able to say a few things and kind of, you know, bring whatever the problem is in the situation or in the scene, whatever the negative is, he's able to bring that into focus and let the uh, characters kind of see where their flaws are, where their faults are. And uh, I like that. And it's funny, this is this is probably going to be just a, a, a way outside comparison, but I kind of remember almost the same way as in the Ernest movies, not as much with Ernest Saves Christmas, but in Ernest Goes to Camp. Ernest was the goofy guy. He was the one, but he was the one that spoke with like the moral, the moral clarity and was able to see through all that. Th- and I, I see that very much with this one well, as well. So I, I completely agree with you. That seems front and center in this, in this movie. I, I totally agree with you on that because I was thinking in Encino man, his character felt more like a, more like a styles from team wolf. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of the, you know, he was kind of got to cause trouble for the purpose of, getting people to have fun, you know, that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. not necessarily. Yes, yes and no, because in Encino Man, didn't he also stick up for Link and tell uh, what's-his-face, like, you can't use him the way you're using him? He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I'm, right. I'm saying, like, this was, in this movie, that kind of sweetness in his character was more comprehensive. It was, like, all over the place in this movie, whereas in that one, I felt like it was kind of more like, prevalent. It, yeah, it, it, kind of, it kind of shined through. In Encino Man, but for the most part, he was kind of a like a, a Styles from Teen Wolf kind of character. It was kind of a you know I'm gonna we're gonna cause some trouble here, but the the trouble is so that people have fun and enjoy themselves and you know just kind of hang loose a bit. And but yeah, in this one, I think it was much more of a. And I don't remember in the Army now and Biodome well enough to remember you know if his character was anything like it was in this one. I feel like of the Polly Shore movies, this one was was probably always one of my favorites. Yeah, I would say this one's the best. Yeah. And you know, you're right. I mean, specifically he, you know, validates 
Hamilton Porter's computer love. He teaches dad how to relate to his son. He teaches grandpa how to relate to his son. Yeah. He helps Connie feel sexy again, you know. He helps Rebecca go from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And just just sprinkling pixie dust of joy and funny sayings and and you know, weird clothing throughout the entire thing. I think it's just fun and sweet. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think in the end, sort of indirectly, but even helps Tracy sort of stand up for herself. I mean, he kind of yep. sprays to all fields in that. Mm-hmm. And then he, because he majored in karate for half a semester, he takes out Travis at the end, you know? Yep. Right. And even that scene, you know, when people like try karate when they don't know it, and then when they're trying to lampoon it, when they don't know it, it sometimes has the risk of looking just overly cheesy. But the way he did, he really stuck the landing on that. I mean, it was pretty funny when he went through the moves and then delivered the line and whatever it was. I, I would majored in karate for half a semester or two semesters, whatever the <laughs> heck it was. But I, I thought the way he they kind of lampooned the, the karate thing, it he didn't it wasn't so over the top that for me it brought me out of it. It was like it hit it right right to where it needed to be. So well, by that was, point um, in the movie, if you if you haven't bought into it, then it's gonna be over the top. Mm-hmm. But like at that point in the fair. movie, you've you've accepted the movie for what it is. You know, and, yeah. and if, if you hadn't, chances are you didn't make it to that part of the movie. Right. Yeah. So they could definitely get away with a couple more stretching of ideas and really bringing out some satirical stuff because they've got the buy-in of the audience by then. So you're willing, the audience is willing to forgive a lot more of that for the sake of wrapping up the story. Mm-hmm. How does this movie compare for you guys when it comes to like, this is a good example of the kind of fish out of water story, but also the, you know, city, city mouse comes to the country kind of a story it reminded me a lot of, it's got elements of city slickers. It's got elements of doc Hollywood. It's got elements of funny farm. It's got elements of sweet home, Alabama of green acres. They even reference green acres. It's got, it's got elements of all these others. Like where does this, how does this compare for you with other movies or TV shows you've seen that are kind of on this theme of the, the city mouse coming to the country or vice versa and bringing that, you know, bringing that level of charm that they bring with them. I think it ranks really high. Sorry, Pat, but uh, I mean, I don't want to step on Jeff's favorite movie, Funny Farm, but it is. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love Funny Farm. I love City Slickers. I mean, City Slickers is probably the best of that bunch, but Doc Hollywood's a lot of fun. My cousin cousin Vinny, which also has Lane Smith. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't even think about my cousin Vinny. And that's a, I don't know. They're all great. I think they all work because that formula, you know, just the fish out of water story just works for me. So. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's a highly relatable formula. Yeah, right. There, Let's there drop a uh, MTV VJ in the middle of you know South Dakota and see what happens. Right. Hilarity well, ensues. I, <laughs> I mean, even going back to Crocodile Dundee, you know, it was that kind of thing. You get the fish out of water that yeah. can bring because of the way they are, they can bring a a, a a clarity to the other people in the show, you know, or in the movie. And uh, yeah, I, I think it, I think it definitely works. 
for me, it worked. And the only thing I was going to say is because kind of they made fun of everybody. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think now, man, and I don't, I don't want to bring reality into this too much, but I think that was something interesting in terms of watching this with a 21st century lens was I wonder how this would play now, especially because we're so focused on what divides us, not us, not us in here. Thankfully we're in a bowling alley, so we're okay. But I like, you know, I think so much we focus on what, what divides us, right? Is it a red state or is it a blue state? Oh, well, that's just, you know, you go into the farm country and it's all this. Okay. Well, what happens in California? Oh, it's all Holly weird stuff, you know? And, and that seems to be like a construct of what's happening now, just that there's so much animosity. And so as I was watching this for a second, I'm like, I wonder how this kind of theme would play today. But what I like about this kind of getting away from the serious thing. And what I like about this is, Everybody got teased. I mean, walking into the, the to the university and there's like the dude walking around naked and there's people hanging and there's all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, I get it. And it's funny because that was over the top. But then also seeing how all like the small town people reacted, that was so far over the top too. It was like, hey, everybody gets teased. Let's just laugh, you know? So, so that, so it worked for me. Nobody was mean spirited about any of it. Like even right. even the townsfolk that were the country townsfolk, even when yeah. he came in and he was weird to them, mm-hmm. like nobody. I, other movies, I feel like they would have completely ostracized him. They would have been more mean spirited about it. In this movie, it was mm-hmm. it was super laid back. I feel like it was kind of like this movie. I think why it works so well for the mm-hmm. type of story it is and the time that it came out is I kind of feel like you had. And maybe this is a reaction to, you know, the the, you know, go go go, you know, corporate attitude of the 1980s. I feel like as you get into the 90s, you're kind of you're you're slowing things down a bit. You're it's more attractive to have this kind of, you know, California laid back attitude about things, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we don't have to be so serious about this kind of stuff, man. And and Polly Shore embodies that completely. And so I think that's I, I to your question too, Pat. I, I'd be curious. Because I think the time that we're in now is very different from the early 90s in that mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody's feeling a very laid back attitude right now, mm-hmm. but I feel like the time that we're in right now or the time, I don't know, maybe we're coming out of it at some point could be similar to like what happens when people react to what have happened in the last you know 10 years or so. Do we, mm-hmm. do we swing back to another point where you know especially young people in society are like look i just i want to chill like i want i want and i wonder if some of the stuff related to like now we're kind of getting serious here in the on the uh, son-in-law podcast i wonder if some of the stuff where like you know people don't want to work the same kind of jobs that their parents worked and people don't want to do that type of stuff i wonder if that's kind of a similar reaction to hey i need some work-life balance like i gotta i gotta chill here because this is too stressful and i gotta i gotta back off a bit so I wonder if if that's why, because as I was watching this movie, I was thinking, you know, there are certain things about this that I think would play well today. Yeah, um, it, and even in this in this time, you know, and please, listening audience, don't read into this any more than what I'm going to say. But now in this time when everything is outrage and everything is I am morally offended and everything is just on eleven, and everybody is just like you know, it's, it's, we're just like separated into us and them, like having a character that functions as the whole, like, 
you know, hey, let's just all chill. Let's come together. Let's find a way, you know, let's find the things that like bring us together. And I, I, you know, it's funny. I heard this and the topic really is irrelevant to the point, but I I heard this, there was a a couple of years back, there was a situation going on and it was, it was rough and, and there was a lot of stuff going up on social media and there was a reporter that was on the scene and they were asking, well, what is it like? And they said, honestly, if you want to see what's really going on with the scene, you're seeing this community come together. Don't look at everything that's going on in the internet. Don't look at what people are posting. Let me tell you what's going on actually in the streets. And we're seeing this whole community come together. Right. And I think to to your point, John, I think that's what really kind of really made this one ring true and made the heart come through was it's like, yes, that's what I want to see more of. I want to see more character. That's just, Hey, let's chill out. Let's laugh. Let's chillax, you know, and, and it really, it makes it just heartwarming. It makes it positive. And I think that really would play now. You know, I think that will really would. Yeah. I love that we can transport ourselves back 30 years, go back to the time when getting roofied was not that big of a deal. Everybody just gets so uptight about it now, you know, Bill Cosby <laughs> ruined it for everybody. So, <laughs> Wow. I'm kidding. Of course. But <sighs> you put the pill in the pudding and the pudding in the girl. <laughs> oh boy. Oh Lord. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Pat. Like even the guy punched him in the face and the next time the guy's like, Hey man, I'm sorry. I want to throw you back to the party. And he's like, Hey, You're right. giving him a hug, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, this, okay, you guys can strike me down with this one, but I mean, that's basically <laughs> turn the other cheek right there. I mean, I mean, I hate this, like, I'm not making <laughs> right. comparisons. Yeah, there you go. Comparisons, but oh, that's man. what it is. Polly Shore, the, the Christ-like figure of this, yes. Yeah. Well, and here's the, right. here's the other thing. What the thing hell is, podcast am I on now? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, then, and, and you talk about, I, you talk about going back in time. What I love is like a tattoo was a, big deal right like and i remember back in the day when that was a big deal and now it's just like everybody's got a tattoo and they can tell you why they got the tattoo and where the tattoo and the meaning of the tattoo and it and it used to be like the tattoo the person that you got a tattoo it was either it was either the girl in class that if she had the tattoo that was the one that man if i can score a date with her that's pretty awesome (laughs) or it was the guy in class that like don't turn your back because you know but now that's just you know what i'm saying that's like totally changed and then, you know, the other piece too that I found interesting was when the one girl and they think that 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 the, the roommate was oh okay well this is going to be wonderful and she seems so nice and she sees and all this kind of stuff and she was she was this awesome roommate but then they all completely overreact when you know she was kissing her girlfriend and it's funny because like thirty years ago that would have been oh my gosh that's a big deal and now my mind is like okay, well, that's cool, but why do that in front of other people, whether it's a boy or girl or a guy or dude? It's like just, you know, public display of affection. That's kind of how you see that as that was the big shocker, whereas 30 years ago the shocker was it was two girls kissing on screen, right? And so it's it's just interesting how, you know, the lens that we view those things through as well. Like what was the big deal back then as compared to today? Pat, do you have a tattoo? I don't. I don't have a tattoo. If you could get a tattoo, what would you want? And where would you get it? I mean, if it's a legit question, it's actually from one of our three questions last week. And it would be the, you know, what I put on my tombstone 
And it was what Bach wrote on all of his music when he was done composing it. And that's to God be the glory. I wish I could hear this. Oh, that was a bit. <laughs> oh, was that a bit? That was, oh, that, was a bit. that was a that was a Bach bit. It was a Bach bit, a bit of Bach, a bit of Bach. Okay. Where, where would you get Where would you get your um, tattoo, dude? I'm going to patsplain you. Beethoven was the one that was deaf. I was way too far You've been I was like, Come on, man. <laughs> there it is. Come oh, on. We're, we're, we're all a little slow tonight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, man. I'm so happy. Bingo. Bingo. Where would I get the tattoo? I don't know. On my forehead. I was just. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, no. Uh, I don't know. Anybody else have a tattoo? We're like, we're talking about Pat's tattoos. I do not. I don't. Nope. See, this no, is funny because, because of your I comments. I can't even really think of what I would want either. That's yeah. Well, in your comment about it being much more prevalent because when I was still teaching in the classroom, the team of teachers I was on, I was the odd person out. Every single person had a tattoo except for me. Oh, yeah. So at that point, I was like, what, am I, am I missing out on something here? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified mm-hmm. of needles and pain, so I don't think I'm going to do that, but... <laughs> And then what was it, Polly? The Polly Shore character when she was gonna get when she was gonna get tattooed. What did the guy say? You pick it, we stick it, or something yeah. like that. Was that? It's just fantastic. <laughs> but I mean, what did he say? It's gonna it's be permanent. permanent. Yeah. And that's I think that the, even shows the, the attitude from thirty years ago. Like, hey, you know, that's a tattoo's permanent. Are you sure? Right. I remember that being the big argument at the time too. Hearing that from the adults at the time. How are you going to get a job if you have tattoos? How how are you going to get a job that's permanent, that doesn't go away? Right. Right. And I mean, in in all fairness, I've like, depending on where you get, if you get like a neck tattoo, that might, you know, that limits things and you can, but, but yeah, that was, like you said, from 30 years ago, that was the, that was the ideas. So what do you think it would be now? If the what? Well, if if they were to try to show the edginess of getting that character to step outside of herself, what do you think the the MacGuffin would be? Because going to get a tattoo would be very minimal in twenty twenty three. What do you think the 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 line to cross would be? Or is well, there even that- a line? Is there even a line to cross at this point? Like, is that uh, is that idea just kind of faded from our our day to day? Maybe it's faded because if we do that, then like there'd be all this moral outrage. Like, how dare you tell me what I can do? And ah, you know, and then it would. I mean, I don't know. That's a really interesting point. I don't know what the. I've got two in college right now, and I can tell you things that would like concern me if I saw their roommate doing. Mm-hmm. But I'm such a prude, so I'm I'm a terrible person to ask this because well, I'm no, still stuck yeah. in 1993, you know. So, but for Jason, right. for, for you, then what would it be? If your kids called you and said this is happening, what would you not I want mean, to hear on the other end? Well, if they were doing drugs, even just easy recreation. I mean, if they were smoking pot in the room, I would have a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. So. 
But I'm, but I'm telling you, I'm a terrible prude. I'm the worst person in the world to talk about this. So if my well, kid, I, I'll tell you what mine is. If my kid got a lower back tattoo that said "Roll Tide," that would be mine. If my kid if they got a lower back tattoo that said "Horns Down," yeah, I mean, I you know, that. yeah, yeah that, that'd be all right. That'd going, be okay with me. Yeah. No, then they're going up for adoption. <laughs> Well, it's funny, you know, Jason, it's funny to hear you say that. And because like, honestly, like the one thing right now that terrifies me is like drugs for, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, okay, let's get into the, the legality thing and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that was kind of a conversation Tammy and I were having was, okay, now how do we approach this now? Do we approach it differently? Do we, but that's, that's the, that's the thing that really just, yeah, that I, I I tell my kids that too, and whether it's rational, irrational, whatever the fact that like any of that drug like that just terrifies me. Me too. You know, if they if they like if they want to come home and like fight mixed martial arts, if they want to ride motorcycles, if they want to race motorcycles, like I wouldn't be terrified and be like, okay, here's the consequences. Here, but the whole drug like that. You know, and I, I remember like, and again, I'm not trying to judge. I'm just saying for me, Pat Canigallo here, you know, I remember them saying, you know, there was that whole thing. Well, if you try it and it's in a safe environment and all this kind of stuff. And I just even growing up, I, I ugh, like, no, no, thanks. Like, I'd rather be like the guy and I'm going to quote, you know, Dennis here. I'd rather be like the guy in some kind of wonderful. I'll be the one to drive you home. Like, I'll just take that one, that, that whole piece just so. I hear you. That was my job in high, in college. So mm-hmm. that was my job assignment. Okay. So. Yeah. Did this movie, there were times that there were the good parties going on, but did this really feature like a lot of the, like a lot of drugs and drinking and all that kind of stuff? I mean, there were the jokes about him being a crawl, right? Yeah. And it was the party, but I don't, I don't remember it being like nothing that was featured in a way. I think it depicted drinking a little bit, both in the college party and then at the bachelor party where, uh, you know, you know, these guys throwing the bachelor party aren't of legal drinking age, but it didn't seem to celebrate that. It was just Mm -hmm. part of the story. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things about this movie is even though it's rated PG 13, it's, it's a real soft PG 13. Yeah, because I, mm-hmm. I feel like there's there's plenty about this, you know, with the I feel like the positive message of this movie and I feel like with most of the humor and everything else. And I, I feel like there's not a whole lot in this movie that would make me go, you know, especially my kids are both teenagers now. But at, even at the same time, if they were a little bit younger, there's not a lot in this movie that I'd sit there and I'd go, well, that's kind of questionable. I don't know that I'd show that to them. It's, yeah, I think for a PG-13 and for a early 90s comedy movie that's supposed to feature characters that are in college, I think it's actually pretty tame. And I yeah. think it's, it's, it's a pretty safe movie. And I, I think that's one of the other things that this one has in its favor is it's pretty safe to watch with anybody. You know, maybe well, I was in a, a, a bad headspace or something when I watched it for the pod. Cause you guys are just like, all your points are very valid and true and, you know, worth holding this movie up higher than where I had it at the end of watching it. So maybe there was just something else I was wrestling with that either deflected from my overall enjoyment of it, or just, I wasn't able to focus fully on the movie, but you know, 
you're doing it. I guess what I'm saying is you guys are doing a great job of convincing me that there's a lot more to this movie than what I was uh, remembering. Yeah. So I think this type of comedy can be very mood specific. Like you kind of have to be in the mood for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, a comedy is never for me, at least like there's only one movie, one comedy, the big Lebowski that I can go to in any mood and it will pick me up. But a lot of comedy, I've got to be in the right mind. And sometimes I, I got to be like rested and ready to get it. Cause otherwise if I'm tired, it's just like, and then I get frustrated and I'm like, kind of like you, it's like, I remember this differently. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with it? Whereas if I, and this is, you know, just me, but like, if I throw on an action movie, we're st- like, I can put commando on anytime, anywhere. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to get enjoyment. I can be exhausted. I can be in a bad mood. I can be, but for comedy, it's, it's like, if, if, if I'm worried about something focused on something else, angry, tired, you know, it's hard because you, you know, comedy, I don't know. The comedy is, is a challenge. We've had I don't a, know if that really makes a lot of sense, but we've had a few movies that we've done and I, I can't list them specifically off the top of my head, but where I've, I've afterwards, after we've recorded, I'll kind of in my head, I'll just go back and I'll be like, man, I w- must've had a bad week when we recorded mm-hmm. that one. Cause was that movie really as, was it worthy of as much as I tore into it or was there were, there's been several times where I've kind of afterwards been like, maybe I need to give that one another try because I something must've been going on this week. I must've been either dealing with something else or I just was in a bad mood or yeah. I don't know what, but you know, unless it's cool world because everybody who made and was involved in that movie should be flogged. But <laughs> other than cool world, I, most other movies should be given uh, a second chance. Well, and, and again, it's not that I, I didn't enjoy rewatching it yeah. for the pod. It just felt like there was something about it that wasn't landing right for me. But the merits that you guys are finding with this movie are, like I said, are very spot on. And, you know, which then leads me to believe, like, maybe I just wasn't into it at the time that I tried to, to watch it. Yeah. Or what had mm-hmm. a different lens or, or, or whatever. I, I don't know. But you guys have done a nice job of, of pointing out it's... It, it, it's positives and, and the successes that it brings. So I'll, I'll tell you what, glad, put, glad I could be here for this part of the conversation for sure. Well, I'll tell you what put me in the right headspace. I've been watching a lot of like Saturday night live clips lately. And a, and a lot of them that keep coming back up again and again are the Californians. Mm-hmm. So the Californians clips are always, they, they, they apparently put me in the right headspace to watch Polly Shore. I can see yeah, that. Yeah. I, I want to say too, John, you, you brought up the the whole thing that it's a really soft edge for a PG-13 movie. There's not a lot. And it was we funny. Could, we, could call it a, we could call it a, we could call it a semi PG-13. <laughs> My God. That whole, I, can we get to that scene? Because that oh, yeah. scene was just stinking brilliant. Go ahead. Fin- finish, I, finish, I, your, finish your thought. And then we'll... I, I mean, but I mean, no, but the scene when they had the Tiffany Amber Thiessen character, mm-hmm. Do you know dance? And she was starting to, you know, it was kind of getting into a little bit of a, a a little more risque. But then he passes out right away, and like even the way they did that, it was kind of like, oh, even that had a soft edge. And she even had a line like, "Well, that's it. I thought I had, or I thought I was going to. That's as far as I." She even had some kind of a line that they gave mention that that's all that we're doing here. Yeah. And that was just like, oh, that's just awesome. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to be all meta with it by putting that line in there, but it it was just a fun coincidence that that she was like commenting on the fact that this whole big scene really was kind of nothing at all. Yeah. I will tell you, me and my friends in 1993 were like, 
Kelly Kapowski, he finally. Oh, it's yeah. over. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Did you, you rewatch that scene a few times? Is that uh... Oh yeah. But, well, you know, then we get we got showgirls a couple of years after this, so <laughs> that's that's good. that's a good point. Jesse's <laughs> fan. All right. So mm-hmm. you, you brought this up when we first started, Pat. So so we're here before we go to before we wrap things up and get to three questions. What is your favorite scene in this movie? And feel free to pull a Jeff and give me like three or four of them. Well, I, I already listed mine. I already listed mine. I mean, there was so much good about the movie, but when he's talking to the mom and he talks about it being a semi and him having a semi, and then he starts going, Hey, you got to do this and you got to do this. And he's talking to her. And it's just, I, I thought like that scene was laugh out loud. And then here, and I, I, when she walks in and we're like, how is her husband going to react? And we're not sure. And it was like, I really was in the movie. Like, dude, don't do the wrong thing. Don't be a tool bag, please. And then the way he reacts, I'm like, that is, that is bloody brilliant. Like that, that is so heartwarming to see him react like that and probably being old and married and knowing that marriage is a work in progress and it's never easy. And just seeing him do the right thing. I mean, it, that really fired on all cylinders with that whole thing. <laughs> but as far as comedy with Polly Shores in there talking to her, He's just, oh my God, that was awesome. So I really love that whole sequence, the, the two scenes. You know? And I think you're, you're so right, Pat, and it ties it all back to the heart we were talking about earlier. If this movie was made today, he storms out of there because she's dressed uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Like that's not how it goes anymore. And that's just one of the great things about this movie is they, they felt they were able to do that. They didn't have to show outrage. Mm-hmm. They could show that he was pleased and they no. were okay with that. Like, right. I feel like that, that there's no way that happens today. Like he yeah. storms out and it's a whole nother half hour's worth of conflict. Yeah. You know, that scene is great because you see what crawl has done. You know, do you see the wood I created for your dad? You know, that whole scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, after that you get, you know, the dad comes home and he's like, you know, grandpa, I'm really tired. I'm turning it. You know, you see them moving towards the bedroom you really fast, me? right? Yeah. Pushing all the beds yeah. together. So, yeah, pushing the beds together. <laughs> and so all that's funny. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, he's still pinching her butt and around mm-hmm. the kitchen. And it's beautiful, just, beautiful it's, day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all you know, those three lined up is just a lot of fun, a lot of heart there, and it just it makes me feel good, it makes me smile. So yes. Yes. And and I'm I'm just gonna say that's an understanding that you get to when you you're married and you're closer to our ages that you don't process when you're 20. Even if you're 20 and 21 and married, you're not gonna process right. what that's like that. Like I said, that whole sequence was firing on all cylinders. That was that was pretty outstanding. You know, I liked how there's a little bit of like legit wisdom in here too. Like it it's all buried in the Polly Shore stuff, but the you know, he always gives them the listen, give me five minutes. If you don't like what I have to say, then you can do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of decisions in my life. I wish I'd have taken five minutes just to let me think this through before I do something stupid to have that, that kind of 
Yoda figure there to help me out to, you know, I, 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 that's it. I'm quitting school. This is stupid. I'm out of here. Wait, give me five minutes. If you don't like what I have to say, then you can do what you're going to do. I enjoyed that. Jeff, have we tweaked your melon enough to, to bring you around on this one? Oh, you guys absolutely have. (laughs) have. I mean, you know, just, I, I was just saying it's, it's the authenticity of the character of crawl. Mm-hmm. He is so comfortable as in his own skin, despite his location, right? Even though he knows that he's in, he's in a foreign place to him, he make he makes the best of it. And, and he, you know, he hits the bumps in the road as he's learning how to be a farmer and they try to break him with all the, with all the, the farming tasks. And, you know, Theo is tasked with, yeah, let's show him what it's like to, to be a farmer. And he finds a way to make it work for him, you know, and, and he takes his own, his own history and applies it to problem solving and, and making farming be a thing that he can handle, mm-hmm. you know, and he's just, he's a real and genuine character that, every decision he's making is not for the sake of bringing down somebody else. Mm -hmm. His decisions are made for the betterment of himself and for those around him. So he is a character with a lot of heart and his, his intent is, positive his intent is is always in the right direction which kind of bugs me a little bit now that i think about it because of what's her name rebecca when she finds finds him out in the barn she's not willing to hear him out mm-hmm. when it's like what has he ever done to you to show you that he's not worth listening to mm-hmm. right like she he, is still a freshman in college this is true but <laughs> But even so, you know, before that moment thing that he's done to show you that he's not trustworthy. True. That he or that he shouldn't at least be listened to. And the answer is nothing. So it kind of bugs me that she automatically just like, nope, I don't don't want to hear it from you. Like, what why? Mm-hmm. Like me, you know, when he starts calling her out on stuff, like that I that's a moment that I like. You know, when he takes her up to that treehouse or whatever it is, we can't do this. We, we, you know, I don't want to lie to these people. They took me in. You know, I, I, they, they have accepted me. I, I, I went through the drills and what have you to get here, and I don't want to lie to them. How come you haven't told them the truth yet? You know, if you want to talk about being honest, where's your honesty? So I'm not sure where I was taking all that, but. But no, I, I, you know, I, I think there's a very authentic side to the character of Crawl and, and Pauly Shore and the way Pauly Shore brings him to life and that this is, this, this is who I am. This is how I be. And I'm not going to change it because it makes you uncomfortable. Can I throw out one missed opportunity for you guys on this one that I think? Sure. So... I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Cutting Edge, the movie The Cutting Edge. Topic. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's yep. great. Yeah, Topic, right. It's a great These movie. Figure skates. <laughs> Finger pain? Yeah. So at the very end, like they have this great romantic 
kick butt moment. And me and my, my guy friends always thought, did they win? Like what, what, what happened? Well, the girls are just happy that they are in each other's arms and they are in love and that's it. But I always felt like they missed that final, even if they have the closing credits over the gold medal, that would be enough. Like let's, what happened? You know, did they win? But in this one, I think there's one missed opportunity that I think you get one more great laugh out of and one more great moment out of. He always wanted to whittle wood with grandpa. Like that yep. was like his thing. Like, can I please whittle wood with you? And they show you like two seconds of them getting ready and then nothing happens. Right. Yeah. Like, I think it would have been hilarious if he starts whittling and he's this amazing wood whittling artist or so, you know, he pulls out yeah. something amazing, you know, I think that would have been one more great moment. And I was just like, what, what did he whittle? You know, what? <laughs> that so, would have been good. I think that scene with grandpa and then you need one more scene with dad because mm -hmm. that last scene in the dining room, you get grandpa and dad with the quotes Oh, which is fantastic. Which is hysterical, but I feel yeah. like there could have been a moment where they bonded more. I don't know what the, you know, I don't know what the scene with dad would have been. Maybe there is something that shows a little bit more direct recognition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like yeah. some of it's unmotivated. They just sort of blurt out these quotes they've heard yeah. him say over the last three weeks. So would you want something three as days, direct? I should say. As direct as the dad, like saying a crawl, something along the lines of, you know, that, you know, I, thank you or something re no. recognizing what crawl had done. No, I almost want it where, okay. With grandpa and the whittling, they whittling, they would have been out there for a while. So he would have listened to crawl talk more. And so he would have absorbed some of the language where him saying that at the table made more sense. It would have been something like that with dad too. Nothing so direct, more, and that's the problem. I don't know what the scene with dad would have been, which is probably why there isn't one. So, so I feel like dad, something like that. I feel like the dad did tell him thank you, particularly when when the grandpa had a heart attack. Um, he did. You know, he, he did, did kind say of thank that. Him. You're right. He did kind of thank him there. It might have helped for you know the dad to thank him a little bit later for more things overall. Thank him for what he did with you know, helping his son get off the Game Boy and, like, go do something and, and help him be a little bit more confident about things or, you know, help him, you know, say thank you for, you know, helping his wife feel more confident about herself or, or whatever. The one where he's whittling with the grandpa, well, I think what I, I would have liked to say, I don't need to see what he whittled at the end of all that. I would have liked more of a conversation while they're just sitting there and, and maybe he's a really terrible whittler and he's just like, you know, just flecking off pieces of wood and he's not really making anything, but they're having a really good talk while they're doing it. I don't, for me, I don't need to see what he ended up making at the end of that. I would love to see a little bit more conversation. And then I think that allows you to then translate that to the later scene where the grandpa says, you know, the whole phrase of that really tweaks my melon when, it, you know, all that stuff. Because mm -hmm. I think at that point when, when the grandpa finally says, yeah, fine, sure, go ahead. Like that's what that was building to was he finally gave him permission. He kind of warmed enough to him to where he was like, yeah, fine, let's, let's go ahead and do this. And then I think maybe just a little bit more would have been nice to, to have a little bit more conversation there. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I, I got to go with Pat. I think one of my favorite scenes is when he is 
you know, try and get the mom when he's telling the mom, you know, how good she looks and hey, you know, if I could I could help you like with a little bit of a makeover. And if you don't like what's you know, if you don't like what you do, just give me five minutes. And I think that kind of encapsulates his entire character because he did that with the daughter and the daughter feels more confident now. He's done that with the brother. The brother seems more confident now. And I think that's just his whole character. And I think the scene that does that best. I like all the scenes with him and I think the brother's name was Zach. I like all the scenes with him and Zach and just having their conversations. And, you know, he's a much younger kid, but he's not treating him like a much younger kid. He's still showing him the same respect you'd show any other human being and, and, you know, taking an interest in the things that the kid likes. But I think that scene with, with him and the mom is the one that kind of maybe does it best when Mm -hmm. compared with all the other scenes, not that the other scenes, you know, not, not to diminish those at all, but I think the one with the mom is the one where it, it kind of works best. Well, and you know, and I'm trying to think too, because in either some line, and boy, obviously, for this to be the statement that I'm about to make to have, you know, to to really matter, I think it would definitely need a female perspective to make sure I'm not just talking out my ear here. But when he tells her with the makeup, have you ever used makeup? And it, and it's sort of like it wasn't framed as well. You want to do this for your husband, or you want to do this thing. But even the simple line that he says, "You're beautiful on the outside." you can represent it or no, you're beautiful on the inside. You can represent it on the outside. And I think even that statement is like, Hey, you're not necessarily doing this for other people. You're not doing this thing. And the focus was first, you're beautiful on the inside. And I thought that was just such a cool thing that even today that at least in my opinion, that's the way you do it. Like, Hey, you don't need to do this or makeup or all this kind of thing to make other people happy or do this or look a certain way to make it. But it's like, Hey, you're beautiful on the inside. Let's see about that on the outside, you know, I, and I'm, I'm misquoting it, but I, I just, I was really touched by that statement as well. And I, I mean, you know, if any of our female listeners, please point out if I am wrong or off base or any of that, but I just thought that that was a cool way to kind of balance that whole, you know, you don't just need to dress and do a certain thing to fit with society or make other people happy, but this is what you're like on the inside, you know, the outside you know, you can let that reflect it a little bit. I just thought that was a really cool, very simple, very cool line. You guys have any other scenes before we get into three questions? I've also got one other actually trivia thing that I had written down somewhere and I completely forgot it until now. So I'm going to, I'll share that before we jump into three questions, but any other scenes you want to mention or anything else from the movie itself before we get to three questions? The combine scene is, I was just about to say the combine. (laughs) Too much. The, the I, fact that he writes crawl out in the, in the court. Yeah, you know. that, that was pretty awesome. It, you know, it's so, it's such a classic, like that very, montage that very much moment dates. where they're running back and forth and stuff. The fact that he writes crawl though, like that dates the movie significantly yes. because it's of all the, about um, the crop circles. The, the, well, no, the Aerosmith, right. And uh, one of the yeah. Aerosmith videos. Yep. The crazy video. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Where Alicia I was just thinking crop circles, but you're totally right. Do the same thing. That's it. You got um, it. But yeah, I mean, I, I just had that thought too. The combine scene was fantastic. Ending yeah. with the the long shot of the of the cornfield. Wait, Jeff, you, you said mm-hmm. you said two names there. You said Alicia Silverstone and who else? Liv Tyler. have a uh, moment of silence for John for a moment. Okay. All uh, right. Let's, we'll go ahead. Continue. Proceed. I, sir. I, 
I, I really think too they found the way to make the Pauly Shore character to really be you know in his element and and carry a movie. Encino Man was great, but if in that he was functioning more as a chaos agent, okay, that was you know. And then I haven't seen like in the army and and in the army now is good stuff. Is it good stuff? Is it similar mm. to this, or is it more like he's just kind of, <laughs> or is he is he kind of coming in just to be like, you know, the guy that is the fish out of water and questions the authority? I mean, or, or is that because I have not seen that one either? He's a fish in the army, is what it is. Yeah, I, okay. it's good Pauly Shore stuff, Jeff. Now come on, okay. be nice. But it, it I think it, it lacks the sincerity that son-in-law gives him. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, like this. Like a- after this conversation, I really see the sincerity in in Polly Shore and the Crawl character, whereas him in other movies, like in the Army now, and even Biodome. Oh yeah, Biodome's like, goofy. Like, like they 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 missed the mark. They didn't use him as well as he could have been used. Okay. They were going. They were going for the funny over everything else, and I think. In son-in-law, the funny is brought out more because he is allowed to be him. Yeah. Where the other ones are just like, ah, let's make him do this funny thing, and it'll be great if he does this, and be hilarious if this happens. It's Polly Shore. He's a funny guy. Yeah, funny. It's you know, it's sort of like it's sort of like. Does he amuse you? Does he make you laugh? Sometimes. It's sort of like having like it's like it's sort of like in football. I'm gonna make a sports reference. It's sort of like in football. You got a young quarterback, and you're trying out different things. How can you get this guy into a rhythm to really have success? And maybe you know, early in the season, there's struggles. But once you find a way to make it work, late for lack of a better, let's just call this quarterback hypothetically Jordan Love. And then all of a sudden, he gets <laughs> into a rhythm, and he can throw the deep ball into qu- quadruple coverage on prime time. Oh my God! What happened? Whoa. Pat's mic got <laughs> muted. Oh, that's yeah. really very technical issues. It's, it's just, it's, it's oh, your oh, your kerfuffle, your kerfuffle is a contagious. And suddenly, it's an upset. I mean, it's just amazing. So I think you know, I think that's what it is. I think they just found a way to get him into get him into a rhythm, and they just brought out all the positives that were there. They yeah. found a way. Got him in the rhythm. Yeah. All right, so the, the trivia that I had written down a note on this, but I completely forgot it when we were doing the trivia part because I actually stuck it on a different page. Do you guys know who Polly Shore's mother is? Do you know her story? Mrs. Shore. Yes. <laughs> Jersey is actually own, her first name. No. She owns some big comedy club, right? Yes. Actually, this is kind of a this is a little bit of a crazy story. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do a Shirley podcast thing here, and I'm gonna say prepare to get your mind blown is what I'm about. To say. And so basically, his mom's name was Mitzi Shore, and Pat, you'll appreciate she was born in Wisconsin, and she with her husband, I think I think she took over owning the comedy store, which is a comedy club in the '70s, and she took over owning it when her husband died, and basically what ended up happening was this was the training ground for so many amazing comics that came up through the 1970s and the 1980s there's a list here of people that came up their you know their their rise was was linked with working at the comedy store Carlos Mencia, Roseanne Barr, Bill Bird, Jim Carrey, Chevy Chase, Andrew Dice Clay, Whoopi Goldberg, Bob Cantgoldthwait, Sam Kinison, 
Jay Leno, David Letterman, Joe Rogan, Gary Shandling, Jerry Seinfeld, Robin Williams. I mean, all of these people came through the comedy store at some point. And here's anybody where fi- anybody famous come through there, though. I one or two, maybe. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> Oh boy. And, oh boy. And so it goes on to talk about and, and this is not all, you know, warm fuzzies here. There were a couple of things that it talked about where, you know, she had some questionable practices of of not paying her comics even when other clubs started to pay comics. She tried to hold out for a bit, but you know, she also opened another part of the comedy club and really made it kind of an exclusive because it was it was hard for female comics to, you know, find places to perform. She actually opened a separate room within her comedy club that was female comics only. And so really gave them a place to perform and a, a place to kind of, you know, work their craft. What I also thought was kind of funny, the where this progresses to, is in the 80s, she operated something called the Comedy Channel Incorporated. And it was a company where they were selling videotapes of performances that had taken place at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. So these videotapes, they basically it ended up kind of getting bought out by HBO. And HBO had kind of their own channel that they were calling the Comedy Channel. And they were kind of using the name of her comedy channel that she had done and kind of following the same idea of we're going to take performances of comedians and we're going to put them on TV and we're going to start to show these on HBO. And it actually, through a couple of other you know, mergers and things like that. It ended up getting renamed CTV, the comedy network, and then eventually got renamed to comedy central. Wow. So, Ooh, wow. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a cool progression of stuff that, you know, her influence and, and it just sounds like her influence in the comedy world was just phenomenal. Like there are so many comics that may not necessarily be where they are today or where they were when they were at their, their peak if it weren't for her comedy club. That's yeah, and really I think, cool. I think Polly Shore just was hanging around all the time, hanging around all these incredible comedians. Yeah. And he became a stand-up guy, I think age like 17 or something like that. I, I think so. He was pretty young. But yeah, that was, that was crazy when I was reading that about his mom. I'm like, well, of course you're going <laughs> to, of course you're going to go into, you know, being a, a movie comedian when you grow up around that. Yep. Awesome. All right. All right. It is time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, question number one. If you were going to purchase yourself some boots or cheek chillers or other Western wear, what item of clothing would you buy or what item do you already own? My wife would absolutely love it if I could buy a pair of cowboy boots. Oh, yeah. You can't that buy would just That would be amazing. She has she loves cowboy boots. Yeah. And if I wasn't I could sure them, where you were going to go with that. Yeah, well. I, I thought you were going to go with the cheek chillers. No, no, she... I was kind of worried about that. 
John, you may remember she got married in cowboy boots. She did. In fact, didn't didn't she and I have a picture taken together because I wore my boots to your wedding too? Yes. Yeah. You did, in fact. So yeah, I think it would have to be cowboy boots, and I've always thought I'd look good in a big old ten gallon hat. There you go. I think my my head is rife for that. So that'd be my or or for those of us with larger heads, you know, twenty gallons. Exactly. Yeah. Bring it on. 30. Let's go. What else? What would you guys get? I need a pair. Well, I need a pair of cowboy boots, right? Because I right now I'm, I've been riding and I've, I've been riding in like work boots and like with the stirrups and everything like that, you know, I, I need to get a pair of cowboy boots. But I've but I've also been saddle shopping too. which, you know, how much how much money I have to spend? I don't know. You know, so I so. So I have been hitting the I have been hitting the saddle shop at the at the bar and I ride at and trying not to spend too much money, which which there's funny on the on the on the cash register they have this thing that they said for an extra ten percent we promise not to tell your spouse how much you spent or something <laughs> like that if they call. But uh, yeah, I it's a good deal. I take that. <laughs> yeah, but it's but that's kind of what I'm currently in the market for is a pair of, of cowboy boots and then also also a saddle. So nice. As, as a Texas boy, I would recommend Shepler's, and they have an online store. That's where we always used to go to get some of our stuff, and that's where the last okay. time last time I was in the area, that's where I got the hat that I have currently, and I don't I don't think I got a pair of boots there, but that was always where we'd go. There was a huge Shepler's store near where we lived when I was growing up in Dallas. There is. I though the, dis, discovered the other day, my wife and I were walking through. We had not been to the Gurney Mills Shopping Center for years and years and years. Lucky. Um, it, um, Gurney Mills is this huge kind of, it used to be an outlet mall. It's not really two so much miles. an outlet mall. It's two miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we were, we were there the other day kind of looking around for some Christmas gifts and they have a boot barn store in there now. Mm, so they I, was, do. I was a little surprised, but Donna is often disappointed with their selection. I wonder it, if you found it to be the same. We, we didn't look for very long cause we were not mm. really necessarily in the market for, you know, boots and whatnot. We've already got, some of those, but the type of boots my wife was looking for, they did not have. So yeah, that um, has been Donna's experience with them as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, for me, I'm 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 good on the hat. I've already got a hat. I'm yeah. actually well. You know what? I think I need a new pair of boots. I think my boots have. I'm not sure that my boots work anymore, or I might have outgrown my boots. They're not so much well made enough. for walking anymore as not, for slip sliding away. No, kind of I, painful walking. Ah. Um, so I think I probably need a new pair of boots. I the I, the belt buckle I do have I like it. It's not huge. It's not a Texas size belt buckle, but I do enjoy. It mm-hmm. it does have like a like a, a cattle skull on the front of it, like a Longhorn skull on the front of it. Mm-hmm. Not like the stylized University of Texas Longhorn. So I, I think you know the audience here should be fine with that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. Your camera is malfunctioning. I, oh, Jeff got Mine disconnected. He's not in the call anymore. Look at that. <laughs> he's just gone. I, what yeah. happened to Jeff? I don't yeah, know. What to Jeff? It's Someone down. should check. Maybe the gremlins yeah. got him. Horns down. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Top four. Okay. It's so anyway, nice uh, yeah. That's. I. I think I'm good on pretty much everything. Out boots would be my thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is it my turn? Yeah. Go for it. It's your turn, man. Go for it. Okay. So I need a hat. I need boots. I need spurs, the jingle, jangle, jingle. But what mm-hmm. I really want, what I really, really want, and I have no use for, but I still would love to have it, 
couple of, you know, six shooters with the Han Solo, like, you know, tie holster to my thigh with, you know, the belt of bullets, around, you know, the bandolier. Awesome. I, I want the whole, whole thing, you know, I want to be. There you go. Bullet bandoliers. I don't know. I just, you know, set me up like cowboy a cowboy. Cafe, yeah. would you say he awesome. wants a plethora of bullets? <laughs> a plethora of bullets, yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Cowboy Jeff. I I think I'm very much like the character of Mitch from City Slickers, <laughs> where the cowboy thing just doesn't Yahoo. work for me. <laughs> like I, I my, my baseball Even Mitch cap got works. into the hat by the end. Well, I, I need a dead cowboy to take a hat from it. <laughs> No, you know, like maybe a hat, maybe a belt buckle, but I just, I, I don't think that's my, my comfort area wearing that type of clothing. Now, if I worked on a farm, if I lived on a farm, if I grew up in that lifestyle and I understood the, the need and the, ne- and the necessity for it, that'd be different. I, I rode a mechanical bull once and I understand the need for the nut hugger jeans. Like, mm-hmm. That 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 was a learning experience for me there, but like an eye-opening experience, would you say? There was there, there was some pain. Open there was some pain. Is all I'm going to say. <laughs> like yeah, you know, just I don't know. Like <clears throat> I, if I could find a cowboy hat that I thought looked good, and not like this guy's being ridiculous, sort of like I I rock it if I could, but I've just never been able to pull off that kind of look. So, what about yeah. one of those? What about one of those big? And I don't know the, the name for them, but you you see them. The, it almost looks like a trench coat. Oh, a duster. It's like westerns. Pardon me. A duster. Duster. Is duster. that what that's called? Yeah. A yeah. duster. I mean, again, if if I felt like I could pull off a duster, and you know, and then like be a, be a brown coat from Firefly, like I'd be a brown coat. That'd be I think, awesome. I think you. I just see, don't I think, think you I could pull, pull it off. off. I think you could pull that off. I think you're selling yourself short, Jeff. Yeah. I think you well, could. Then, you know what? For Christmas this year, you guys go in and in together. Yeah. Get me, me a duster. Yeah. I'll see how it goes. I mean, Jeff, you're you're about as tall as I am, so I mean, the the length of the duster sometimes can be problematic. But you know, I <laughs> there's that. I'm sure we can find. A, we if we go to the south, I bet I'm sure we can find a duster at the Gap Kids that would fit us just right. And <laughs> and, and there's also the girth. Well, yeah. In which I'm afraid the duster would end up looking more like a muumu. <laughs> that that might also be true. Yeah. And then I just <laughs> Jeff, I discretion just, I, is the better part of valor. They're bad, I think. I Jeff, I, I totally think I'm you could rock like one of those <laughs> I, I think you could totally rock one of those like fringed <laughs> suede leather jackets. Yeah, oh yes. I, the I don't pink think I one could. from Back to the Future Three yeah, comes oh, to mind. Know. I'm thinking that would be a bad idea. I mm. Clint, okay. but again, Jeff, again, hey, Jeff, 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 Jeff. No, no, Jeff. You give me, give me five minutes, man. I promise. Give me five minutes. Come on. And buddy. If I don't like Come what on, you buddy. have to say, you don't like what I have to say, <laughs> then you can give the jacket to me. Again, though, if you guys all want to go in and, and uh, together and get me, get me one as a gift, I would, I would give it a good shot. Okay, right. we'll consider that. I'll put out the message to the Patreon and, and see if we can get there some more donations to, to get you a duster. All right. Question number two: If you were going to be a farmer, what kind of farm would you run? A fat farm? I don't know. 
this could be the fact that I've been enjoying Yellowstone too much, mm-hmm. but I think some sort of ranch would be my style more than actual farming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's me ranch. rejecting the question in some way, but that's more my speed. Yeah. I'm with Bo. Steers and longhorns and cattle and horses. And... Yeah. None of them plants. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this humbly because I know I I don't know if the spirit of the question is one of seriousness, my, uh, but like I'm sure we all know people that are farmers and farm people and just my God how hard that is you know that is a hard job and like having that as your business I had a couple of buddies well in college and they would just they were from Minot North Dakota and they would constantly be talking about just the stresses of trying to keep the family farm going and and the whole thing but uh, I know that's like reality is not necessarily within the spirit of the question i mean i would love to have like a a ranch with with horses and all that to ride i mean that would be very cool as long as there were some people there that knew what they were doing so i could just kind of like you know go and enjoy and all that kind of stuff but as far as like if you're asking farm farm you know vegetable farm would be great definitely have to have cornfields because i love corn and let's be honest most of the movies that we watch cornfields have some you know important thing that would happen so i bet you a bunch of cool stuff would you know, happen, you know, children of the corn, if you build it, they will come, you know, all that kind of stuff. And corn's just delicious. But I would say like, if it was farm farm, like vegetable farm with all different veggies, especially corn, horses would be cool. Field of dreams would be cool. Yeah. Any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Pat. I, I think some sort of veggie farm. I don't know if I have what it takes to keep up with. Well, I don't know if I have what it takes to keep up with, taking care of large crops of veggies either, but being responsible for livestock and cattle, I think would be a lot more difficult than upkeeping large areas of land where I'm trying to grow a bunch of veggies. The payoff is there because, you know, harvest time comes and, and you're set for a while. Fresh veggies are delicious. So I've been told, um, <clears throat> But yeah, I think veggie farming over over uh, cattle ranch for me. Yeah, I think my area of expertise would lend itself to like server farm. Um, <laughs> but that's not in the spirit of the question. So I... And it's I, a little I, too meta for you to reject your own? Is that the... A little bit, maybe. Would I, I... My family actually came up with, when I asked these questions at dinner, they actually came up with one. I was like, ooh, that that could work well, too, because I don't think I'd work well with animals. I, I don't tend to get plants to grow very well either, but my both my wife and my daughter said a tree farm. Oh, mm. nice. Yeah, there you go. That's actually pretty smart. Yeah. All right, that's what they said. My answer was I, I'd go with, and, and it's got to be exactly like this. Like, it has to grow exactly like this. It's got to be corn. And it's got to be a fried okra farm. Just regular okra. No, like what? What? No, there's no reason for that. If it will grow already fried, I'm I'm all for that. That's, well, that's you know, the, you could be the first to come up with pre-fried uh, okra. I could genetically engineer it. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> for some reason, John, when you say that, I think of that Far Side cart- cartoon with the boneless chicken ranch. Oh yeah. It just shows, shows <laughs> all the chickens like yep. laying on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just again want to preface my answer with, 
I would need to have experts running the whole thing. I would just be responsible for eating, eating, eating the food. Yours would just you know. be like a, a small little place. So like, what, what do they call them now? Farmlets? Yeah. Yeah. Some, Pat would be running a gentleman farm. I, I don't know if I'm going to confirm or deny that one. I, I need to, I need to go. Is, on that like the, yeah. is that like the bunny ranch outside of there, Vegas? Yeah. Oh, could be. Could there it be. is. Yeah. Okay, so I'm definitely going to look definitions up, not on the work computer. There you go. Uh, no, I would not suggest looking up the bunny ranch on the work computer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Ah, I'll keep that in mind. Go for it. See what happens. <laughs> then I get a then I get a call to report to your office. Mm-hmm. That's a great plan. <laughs> what would you like I'm, to do next? I'm excited to be a part of this. <laughs> All right, and then question number three: What is your favorite John Denver song? Oh, this was hard, man. Sunshine on my shoulders. Nice. That's a good one. My daughter actually Although did a, my, did a dance uh, my John Denver that. and the Muppets and Christmas Carols is also yes. high up on yes. my list. That's John Denver with the Muppets, I think, was my first exposure to John Denver. Going with Rocky Mountain High. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Although my grandparents listened to Calypso a lot, so I have a sweet spot for that one as well. So I got to do Take Me Home Country Roads. That one's my favorite. And I was going to say either Rocky Mountain High or Take Me Home Country Road. Yeah, Country Country Road was a great one. I, um, and then I also saw, because I'm not an expert in all his stuff, but I was listening to a bunch of his greatest hits albums, you know, kind of getting ready to answer the question. And I saw that he did Leaving on a Jet Plane. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that was yeah. my wife's pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I really like that one. Now, and here's the thing. I should know this, which is why I'm going to ask it. Mm-hmm. Was that originally Peter, Paul, and Mary, and then he did it? Or was it vice versa? Or was that song someone else, and they both just – because I'm a pretty big Peter, Paul, and Mary fan, and I remember they did they did that tune. So, It's a good question. I wonder what the timing of all that one. But anyways. Uh, I mean, it, it might says... be back like, when like the Rat Pack guys all just – covered each other's songs might be too hard to determine at this True. point. It was written True. it was written and recorded by John Denver in nineteen sixty six. Or okay. the information is right there readily available. Yeah. <laughs> On the internet. <laughs> Jeff, I'm just gonna say, man, that 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 would not have worked out better if we had planned it. <laughs> <laughs> so Pat, to to your question, John Denver wrote and recorded it. On okay. a demo recording in 1966, but for his debut album in 1969, he re-recorded it, and that's exactly okay. the same time that Peter, Paul, and Mary did their version. Okay. But the writing credit is Denver. Right. So that's when Denver. Then Became Now. Yes, that is when yeah. Then Became Now. Yeah. Well, that's that's good to know that uh, good to know that information. But yeah, I guess I'd, I'll pick that song, and that's a good one. All right. I, did we get everybody's? I think we got everybody's John Denver yep. songs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. That's going to do it, gents. Anything else we want to say? Eddie, what would you tell somebody who's on the fence about watching or they've never seen this movie before? What would you tell them to convince them to go take take a look at it? Look Up on the, the pig and ride it. Go for it. Watch it. Yeah. Look for the heart. Mm-hmm. Look for the charm. It's there. Ditto. Yes. Yeah, yep. that sounds about yep. right. Yep. I mean, it's it's fun, it's cute, 
it's lighthearted. It's all those things. And see how, see what made us laugh and all that in the nineties, right? Like Pauly Shore, that was a, he was a big element of that. And I don't think we have a character like that now. So check out what it was, you know, as the kids say, it's got the riz. I don't know if I know what words you're saying. I'm not I'm, I'm not. I don't follow. Charisma. It's a special quality of leadership that captures oh. the popular imagination that inspires oh. allegiance and devotion. How do I mute John? Can I, can I mute John? You can't. John's in charge. You can't mute John. John John's not juice. here. John went bye-bye. There is no John, only Zool. Yeah, there's no John, that- only Zool. <laughs> I am the John I am the has gone bye bye Ray. I am the gatekeeper. Hey, before we wrap up, I want to I want to formally invite you guys to something. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm putting this out there. I understand it's a extremely long shot, but because I enjoy you guys so much, I just want to make sure you're invited. I we are actually having a like a Shirley meetup event in Oklahoma City on December the thirteenth. A couple other podcasts in the area. We're actually all getting together. We're going to watch Die Hard in the theater. Oh, nice! Just as kind of a meetup. Nice. So, oh, so great! You guys are formally invited to attend. Obviously, I don't expect you there, but sure, be great if one of these days we could all get in the same room. You know, that'd be amazing, man. I'm looking forward to that. Whenever it happens, that day will happen. Well, that day will happen. That's so cool. I I think. I think we all need to meet up at Silver Dollar City. Perfect. I right? go, to, go to Silver Dollar City for a day and, and check out. Let's Branson. go. Awesome. Yes. That's awesome. But enjoy Die Hard in the theater, man. That's that's, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. The post uh, conversation is supposed to be about whether it's a Christmas movie or not. So, yes. Oh, yes, it is. Of yes. It is. <laughs> Bruce Willis actually said that it's not. Yeah. What does he know? I'm just saying. John McClane said it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, Stephen yeah, D'Souza, the guy who wrote it, predisposed did. to not like Christmas. <laughs> Let's talk about Bruce Willis's judgment in the last twenty years, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we can revisit well, whether or not I'm yeah. going to trust. <laughs> hey, be I mean, kind. He's not doing well. I know he's he not did the fourth and fifth Die Hard movies. I yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed this one. Honestly, yeah. though, yeah, uh, it was it was so great. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't want to say pestering. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, you got to do this. You guys have to do this. Please do this. Do this. And I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll do it. You didn't have to twist our arm too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wait, hey, Jason, no, what uh, what do you and D got coming up on on Shirley? Yeah. Yeah. So we just today we dropped. Track by track through ZZ Top's Eliminator. Next week, it's Billy Idol's Rebel Yell. We'll go track by track through that. And then we've got uh, top five songs of 1978. So songs that are turning 45. Nice. Um, And then I think we we may do a couple other odds and ends things, but uh, that's going to wrap season four for us. We'll take like a month off, and then we'll do Beverly Hills Cup next year. Yeah. Season wow. four. Yeah. Nice. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's outstanding. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. And thank you guys for being such a big part of that. We, I really am thankful for you guys. 
How's the uh, Frasier podcast coming along? Good. Good. Cover that. We got, we're dropping our last episode this week because it's only a 10 episode season. Okay. So, I haven't watched any of the new stuff yet. Uh, it's but, fun. Yeah. Is it? Okay. You I like it, Bo? It. I've been enjoying it. Yeah. Okay. I saw like the first episode and a half and then got distracted with Sheriff Bass Reeves. But have you, have Bo, you said you're enjoying it? Jason, what do you guys, are you guys enjoying it or? Mm. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mm. It's, they need to, they need to kick it up a couple of notches. I would okay. agree. It's, it's very, it's very a product of its time. It feels like a direct to streaming sitcom. That's just not that polished network show that maybe we're all hoping they can be what I think I, I am predisposed to the delivery of Kelsey Grammer for whatever reason. I have always been a fan, so it's hard for me not to like it. And for whatever reason, and, and Donna laughs at me all the time about this, like the juxtaposition of the, I pretend to be this, or not pretend, because he is, I'm this hoity-toity stuck up, and then just to be put in his place is very fun for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, but I've always liked that about the Frasier character, even from Cheers on. And you could talk, you could write volumes about the disservice they did to that character on Cheers and all the other things. Always liked that character, though. Yeah. Great character. They need to up the funny just a little bit for me. Uh, yeah, I think they're funny. they're struggling in some ways. Like they're they miss they're missing the mark with the Niles stand-in. Um, yeah. So and, is it like is but, it a lack of chemistry between Kelsey Grammer and the rest of the cast? You think about the Frasier TV show. You know, the guy who played Martin Crane is a ten. Daphne's hilarious. Roz is great. Niles is an 11 out of 10. His character, David Hyde Pierce, is awesome. Mm-hmm. In this one, you know, Kelsey's trying to carry most of the comedic weight, and uh, I feel like mm-hmm. they need funnier people around him, but maybe they'll grow into it. So we'll see. Yeah, okay. I just hope it gets a second season to try to find its legs. You worry about a show like that just fizzling because. But thanks for asking, Jeff. The podcast is going great, and we are covering. We, we go through, you know, what was your favorite episode from season one, season two, season three? So we do a little bit of old stuff as well. So okay, season, right on. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Nice. All right. Well, Jason, why don't you tell everybody real quick, if they're listening to our show and they haven't listened to your show, I don't know where they've been. Cause under a rock. Right under a rock somewhere because we're pointing to you guys all the time so they can go find your great show. Thank you. Uh, but Thank yeah, you. tell them like social media wise or your website, anything like where can they where can people find the Shirley podcast? Yeah. So we're called Shirley. You can't be serious podcast. We're on all the podcast apps. We're on Facebook at Shirley podcast. We're on Twitter at Shirley podcast. we got an Instagram page. Should be able to find us pretty easy, but hit us up, reach out to us. Maybe we'll have you on who knows. So lot of fun over there d is my my good buddy and my co-host and we have fun comparing movies and comparing music and top five lists and stuff like that so come check us out yeah it's an awesome show conversational informative fun funny the whole the whole tamale there thanks buddy appreciate you
And at some point, we're going to have to find something Superman to talk about until Superman and Lois comes back. Because I know, I'm, man, I'm getting, I'm getting podcasts full of kryptonite withdrawal. Did you guys mm-hmm. ever go back through the movies? So, Bo, I'm going to tell you a little story here. the The year was <laughs> 2021, and John had this spreadsheet in which he was overly ambitious about having a second <laughs> podcast and thought, hey, let's do this podcast full of kryptonite thing, and we'll do the Superman and Lois, and then in the off-season, let's do, like, every Superman show that's ever existed. Let's do the old Adventures of Superman. Let's do Superboy. Let's do Lois and Clark. Let's do Smallville. Let's... Let's do and then you realize how much Superman there really was? or And then I started to look at my spreadsheet, and I was like, wait a minute. When am I going to do any of this? Hmm. Like, when, when are we ever going to have time to kind of match up? And we all know how hard it is to match up podcasting schedules, recording schedules, and whatnot. So I'm like, you know, stuff for our own show. I was like, man, I, I feel like I barely have time to do some of the stuff for the 30-something podcast, much less you know, to really give another show its due. And so I remember we kind of, we kind of talked about that a little bit. And was the first time around, I was like, yeah, I got all these ideas. I got this. And I, and I think we kind of did a real quick. Yeah. Why don't we have maybe just like one special <laughs> during the off season where we, maybe we talk about a comic book or maybe we do this or, uh, you know, maybe we can talk about Zack Snyder's justice league. Cause that was coming out at the time. And I think that was, that was the point we were like, yeah, no, I think the off season is going to be an off season. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll take a little break there. We'll take a little break. So, but yeah, we're looking forward to looking forward to that show coming back and and getting in and talking with with you guys again for that one. But yeah, so our show, we are the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. You can find us at thirty podcast dot com, thirty podcast on all the different social media stuff out there. Our next episode's coming up. We are almost at the end of this year, almost at the end of Good Eaten Month. Our episodes so far this month have been our five hundredth anniversary. We've done Alive, we've done What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Tombstone, this time with Son-in-Law. Next episode is Nightmare Before Christmas, and then we're going to end the year with Enter the Dragon from 1973. Woo-hoo. And then our Patreon episodes. Yeah, that should be good. I'm still I'm still debating whether or not I'm going to go pick up the 4K version that was on sale the other day that I saw. I'm thinking, I don't know why that debate is still continuing. I think I just need to go do it. Our Patreon I'm surprised you had the willpower to walk past it, I, if you want my honest opinion. I feel like lately when it comes to like buying copies of hard, physical copies of movies, I'm, I'm having less and less physical restraint when it comes to not purchasing those. But our Patreon episodes for this month are Heart and Souls from 1993. We've got the Patreon shorts. It started in 93, Lois and Clark. It ended in 93, The Wonder Years. And then next month, we are kicking off January of 1994, Law and Order Month. We got our Patreon is Seven Samurai, and one of our Patreon shorts is Stephen King's The Stand from 1994. And then our regular episodes for next month are Naked Gun 33 and a Third, Beverly Hills Cop 3, The Getaway, The Chase, and Wyatt Earp. So we got a lot of good stuff coming at the very, very beginning of 1994 there. So, everybody, thank you so much for being here. It was fun to have a full house here tonight have a a full zoom screen here and uh, get to record with everybody and talk about this movie so thank you as always for being here thank you jason for being here with us thanks for having me man glad to be here yeah all right good to hang out with you you weasels yeah dudes bunch of country people country (laughs) home cooking real people 
Yeah, I, I know that my wife can only hear like one side of this conversation, and I'm sure she's probably upstairs like questioning why we've been together so long. Mm-hmm. But, yes, you know, but she does it on the regular, so it's okay. She at this point, it's it's been long enough that she knows what's up. So, <laughs> all right, everybody, everybody, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. Go check this one out if you haven't, and then we will see you back here next time. Bye.